Welcome to the Shift Daily Podcast. I'm Shane Hewitt. It's a daily bite-sized morsel of our four-hour middle-of-the-night program. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. The Shift Daily Podcast starts right now. Here we are, officially Remembrance Day across Canada. It's a day where we need to sit back and really take a look. And I think it re- this is a sp- special one. I think if COVID has given us any gifts, it could be the gift of gratitude. And I realize gratitude is difficult to find, you know, at times like this when everyone's going through change. But if we take COVID and we look at the wars, we look at the sacrifices that other people have made, we can figure this out. You see, there are lots of people that are getting sick and that are dying through COVID, but we, we don't have to walk into a firefight to risk it all. What's being asked of us is to put a mask on at the mall. Let's put it into a little bit of context. That's what's going on in our world today. And I think that we all can find gratitude in that. That some of our biggest concerns today are, man, you know, money's getting tight. Or I might have to find a new job in the next couple of months. I'm not diminishing the impact of those things. They're big. They're hard on the psyche. They're hard on our mental wellness. They're hard on our pocketbooks. They're hard on our lives. But the reality is, is when you compare what some other generations have gone through and what we are going through, I think we can find gratitude in what we're going through. And that's what this day can give us. This day can give us a chance to sit back and just reflect on the stories that we've been told, on the sacrifices that other people made in some really dreadful times and look at our lives and go, you know what? It's not easy. It's hard work. We got this. That's the perspective I'm taking on Remembrance Day. I shared with Charles Adler a story of my grandfather. And uh, I wanted to share that story with you in hopes of inspiring you to share your stories with us. 877-399-9898. If you can call it in, please do, because these kinds of stories are always best from you. There was a story about, uh, from one of my relatives that was posted on Facebook, and it, it was about my grandfather, my papa. Um, My grandfather was in the hospital in London, shrapnel in his foot, when he heard about a group of guys from Manitoba planning to get together at a pub. He left the hospital and found his way to the pub, and he was sitting outside having a cigarette when he saw someone headed towards the pub. It was Jim, his brother. During the war, mail was rare, and people weren't aware of who was where. Jim was in the Air Force, and he'd been in France. When they went into the pub, they found Fred, their other brother. He was a tank driver and had been injured. He too had been in hospital. None of them knew their brothers would be there, or even uh, if they were still alive. Not my grandmother, uh, but Tom's grandmother was 17. Can you even imagine? We lived in a very, we live a very privileged life here in Canada. This wasn't so long ago, and I never want to forget this. Thank you for everyone who has sacrificed their lives 
and well-being for freedom and ease. And to those who serve the country today, I can't say I understand and believe in all the politics, but I have a son, a husband, and brothers who I can't even comprehend what those years must have been like, lest we forget. That's Amica Hewitt, um, who wrote that. And so the story of, of this was that these brothers were all from Flin Flon, Manitoba, and they ended up on the same night, at the same time, all in one bar in England. Now, how remarkable is that? This Our family has cherished this story, and there are a couple of photos, a couple of photos of the brothers that made the paper because of it. Just the, the notion of the one piece of that story that we don't even know our family is alive. We don't know our brothers are alive. We don't even know where they are. Have you heard? Do you know any information? There's a question I imagine would have been thrown around so often. And seeing a familiar face, oh, boy, would that ever feel good. That's just our story. I'm a couple generations removed from that. My papa was awesome. I didn't know any of these things when I was a kid because all I knew was that my papa was amazing. And when we, or when he lived, moved from Winnipeg to Sydney, BC, and we would go down to the wharf and I would take a, uh, this, my grandfather would do this for me. He, we took a bi old bicycle rim and cut out the spokes and take a burlap sack and tie a uh, dead rotten fish bait inside it and drop it into the water and catch shrimp. And he was so tolerant to help me cook the shrimp and then shrimp, freeze the shrimp and shrink wrap it so I could take it back to Alberta when I went home because I lived in Fort McMurray at the time. That was my papa. My papa wasn't all of this. But if it weren't for all of this, it wouldn't have shaped the guy that I got to know. It wouldn't have shaped my dad. It wouldn't have shaped how my dad you know, influenced my life and how I hope I can influence my sons. So when we look at these stories and the depth to them, it really gives us the gravity of, can we deal through COVID? I think we can. I think we can do that. And I think that we're being given yet another gift from these people today. You know, these people, this whole generation that just stepped up and volunteered underage to go into these places and do these nasty things and fight. We all hope it'll never happen again, but these people, they did that. They stepped up and they did that and they're giving us another gift. The gift is the opportunity to be able to sit here and realize that we can get through this. 877-399-9898. We will get to your calls. We have some text messages too that I would like to read. Uh, first though, the COVID-19 pandemic has had a dramatic effect on everyday life around Canada. Remembrance Day is no exception with the Royal Canadian Legion asking Canadians to observe ceremonies from home which has got to be incredibly different for the many volunteers of the Legion, the people that um, sacrifice their time and make sure that these memories don't fade away. This marks the 75th anniversary of the end of the Second World War. The Royal Canadian Legion said it best on its website. In today's fast-paced world, it can be easy to take our way of life for granted and forget what so many men and women sacrificed for our freedoms. This was supposed to be a year of commemorations of the 75th anniversary of the end of the Second World War. And while the moment will be the focus of this year's ceremonies of the National War Memorial, those ceremonies will be nothing like what Canadians have experienced for decades. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced the Legion to ask people not to gather at the memorial for the service, 
and instead watch it on TV or listen to it on the radio. The 75th anniversary commemorations were supposed to include veterans going back to the Netherlands, which Canada helped to liberate at the end of the war in Europe. Instead, COVID-19 scuttled those plans. Alex Fitzgerald Black, outreach director for the Juneau Beach Centre Association, which owns and operates the museum built on the beach where Canadians went ashore on D-Day, says 2020 is a lost opportunity for commemorating Canada's Second World War role. While the Juneau Beach Centre has launched online efforts to discuss the war, it's been hoping for 90,000 visitors this anniversary year. Fitzgerald Black says it will be lucky to get a third of that number as COVID-19 has cancelled most international travel and forced the museum to close its doors for months. It's a real shame. I know a lot of veterans we've talked to were really excited to go back to the Netherlands, maybe one last time uh, for, for the 75th anniversary of the liberation. And unfortunately, that's not happened. There was some hope that maybe in 2021 they could do 75 plus one, but it, it doesn't seem like things are going to get... Uh, <laughs> the new normal is still going to be with us then, I think, too. So... We may have lost that last opportunity to get, you know, a, a great number of veterans over there. Good morning. I'm Lieutenant Colonel Ron Elkema, Commanding Officer of the 48th Highlanders of Canada. With me is Chief Warrant Officer Reeser, the Regimental Sergeant Major. And I'd like to welcome you to our 2020 Remembrance Day event. So while COVID-19 has made a casualty of so many Remembrance Day gatherings, there is no shortage of commemorations. From community groups to cities, towns, schools, local legions and military units, Remembrance Day this year has gone online. The 48th Highlanders of Canada are already on YouTube, encouraging Canadians to remember any way they can. Today, we remember the service and sacrifice that Canadian soldiers, and particularly members of the 48th Highlanders of Canada, gave and continue to give to our country and our citizens. What is important is not where we remember but that we remember. And as federal politicians noted in the House of Commons recently, it is the remembering that counts. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Our veterans step served Canada with honour and valour right across this country and all around the world. They stepped up for us, and now it's time for us to do the same for them. We don't need to wonder how we will rise to the moment because we need only look around Canada to see the answer. We see it in young people getting groceries for older veterans to keep them safe. We see it in frontline workers who, after hours of standing on tired feet, never give up as they care for our parents and grandparents, the last members of the greatest generation. But it's not just remembering those who made the ultimate sacrifice. Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, in sharing his thoughts about Remembrance Day, told the Commons that current-day veterans, sometimes suffering with invisible scars, need support from their families, their friends, and elsewhere. His point being that they are remembered too. I know there are veterans across Canada who may be struggling with the invisible wounds of service during this unique Remembrance Week. I know that you may feel alone when you think of your laughing comrades. This pandemic has put a pause to the traditions that bind us. It has robbed us of our capacity to see our friends who suffer from operational stress injuries. I know that families feel hollow looking at the empty seat at their dinner table. I want you to know you're not alone. You have a grateful nation with you. You have friends and comrades that want you to reach out. You have supports. You are loved and we are all here for you. You're going to get through this week just as our country is going to get through this pandemic. 
Please know that on Remembrance Day and on every day, your country will never forget your service and your sacrifice, lest we forget. For years, such veterans have been told not to self-isolate, but instead to get out of their basements and connect with different support programs. Terry Pidwell, The Canadian Press. I've always wondered what lest means. We've said it for years. We've never really known what it means. Uh, and I know that's silly, but you know me well enough to know that I love words. And I think we get an understanding of what lest we forget means when we know what lest means. So one of the things in life, we say things that we don't really understand what they mean. We just say them out of habit. So here you go. Lest. With the intention of pre- preventing something undesirable to avoid the risk of. After a clause of indicating fear because the possibility of something undesirable happening in this case. So preventing forgetting something undesirable. 877-399-9898. Your calls, your text messages. Uh, Colleen, the church lady who's in BC. My grandfather was at Vimy and I had two uncles in the Air Force, one in the Merchant Navy. I will be ringing the church bell tomorrow at 1111 uh, a.m. for all veterans. Uh, Thank you, Colleen, for that. Uh, Let's go to Chetwin, B.C., and say hi to Gary. Hey, Gary. Hello. Hi. Hi. What's your thought, Gary? Well, I'm, I'm so glad to hear your perspective. I listen to you guys every night when I'm on the road. I can't always call in because I have terrible cell service on routes that I take, but listening to you saying that we can step up and wear a mask in the mall when I've buried four of my friends and one of them come home in an emotional box. Not all the people that are out there that have visible scars from the war, they seem like normal people, but when you knew them before they went, and they stood there with their foot on a landmine for four hours, afraid to even pee because it would change the weight and set the landmine off. And then they come home and you wonder why a car backfiring or a loud noise sends them into the fetal position on the ground. Those are the people that fought for the greater good and gave themselves up so that we could have the freedom to post on Facebook and do all the other garbage that is happening right now and not wear a mask, a simple request like that. I really appreciate you getting your voice out, and I hope that everyone does. Thank you, Gary. My friend's never going to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do, can you share your friend's name? My friend's name is Leon. Well, Gary, um, it sounds to me like Leon is lucky to have a friend that looks at his perspective and um, loves Leon, even though he came back a little bit different and um, he may not be the same guy, uh, but you care for him the same way. So thank you for sharing your story and Leon's story, Gary. Thank you. All right. Good morning, Gary. 
877-399-9898 from Chetwin, BC. That's Gary. <sighs> Makes me feel emotional. It does. You know, we complain about a lot and I, I'm not speaking to this from some righteous place. I ask you not to listen from there, but we do. I'm taking responsibility for this too. For the fact that, you know, I complained today when I left the hockey rink because the mask made my beard itchy. Right? The last, I will tell you that. Probably six weeks, four for sure. I have most certainly lost my way. I've lost my way in, in that gratitude, right? Like I've been harder on the kids. I've been, you know, school and stress and figuring out what's going on here with work and all these things that you're well aware of. You know, you just get grouchy, short-tempered, you know, maybe not as kind as you normally are. And, and I hold myself accountable to all this too. And then we hear these stories and it kind of makes you gut check a little bit. I hope that day, this day brings that to all of us. We're going to take more of your calls. So I want you to hang on if you're on the phone. Call in and text 877-399-9898. But before you go to a break, uh, here's another clip. This Remembrance Day may be different with the pandemic, but there are still many ways that we can honor them. The veterans, maybe find the gratitude and find our own place in all of this, because I think we have a place in this, even though it might have been a generation or two apart. Global Toronto's Karen Lieberman explains. Crowds of veterans and Canadians standing side by side in remembrance will not be happening this November 11th. But that doesn't mean there aren't ways to pause, honor, and reflect. I dedicate my copy to Mr. John Copeland. He, he treated me like a son. He was so good to me. With millions of people across the country practicing physical distancing, downloading and sharing a digital poppy is proving to be a popular and safe way to support veterans and their families. Folks could donate, uh, dedicate a poppy, but have one they can download to their Facebook, Twitter, or even their email account while they're working. World figure skating champion Kurt Browning is a campaign ambassador who dedicated his own digital poppy in honor of his uncle Bob. We all need to find a way to take a second or two to donate, to feel, to remember, and to be appreciative of what we have. The digital campaign isn't meant to replace the traditional lapel poppy. It's another way to ensure Canadian service members are not forgotten. People like retired Lieutenant Colonel Cliff Trollope. COVID's making everything more difficult. That, that's kind of obvious. And Remembrance Day is no different. But uh, veterans understand duty probably more than most. And right now our duty as a nation is to collectively follow COVID protocols uh, to, to fight that battle. An advantage to going digital is the ability to reach a new generation who may only be connected to military history through video games. It's a campaign that the Royal Canadian Legion's running. Pretty cool though. It's a good cause. So you gotta remember the veterans. A virtual moment of silence will be held on the Twitch streaming platform. And while there will be no public service at Toronto's Sunnybrook Veterans Centre, with masks and distancing, 37,500 Canadian flags were planted outside. Especially this year because of COVID and, and all of its impacts on Remembrance Day ceremonies and also for the veterans. This is 
a, a prime opportunity for us to take a moment to come plant these flags and to ensure that our veterans know that their sacrifices are still remembered. Lest we forget. Karen Lieberman, Global News. Lest. For fear that we forget. There's so much to celebrate about this too, though, you know. There really is. These are amazing people. These are the people that shaped you and shaped me. Like, these are amazing people. There's so much to celebrate there. In fact, uh, the Calgary Police Service uh, did a little celebration, you know, of its own kind. Six new plaques dedicated to Calgary police officers that lost their lives in the First and Second World Wars were unveiled on Tuesday. As Global Calgary's Jenna Freeman reports, the project took hours of tracking history and documents. They are soldiers among a unique squad. Detective David Milne. Etched and immortalized beside fellow fallen comrades. Every single name that we can uncover that has a tie back into World War I, World War II, or even before or after um, is important because it brings those memories back to life. These six stand alone. They are Calgary police officers that left their band of blue and traded it for army green, sailor stripes and combat camo ultimately perishing to protect our freedom. Some members just got up and left and they didn't show up for work the next day because they were citizens of Scotland or Ireland or England and, and France and they just went home the next day to go fight for their country. It's the impulsiveness and selflessness of these soldiers that made the task of tracking them down that much harder. In some cases, um, the history doesn't get passed on through families upon family upon family. So if you're looking at a First World War veteran, we're looking over 100 years ago now. So if one of them perished, they didn't have children. So there was no one to carry that name on. More than 100 years later, the Calgary Police Service was able to confirm details with the declassification of First World War documents. Because we not only have to confirm that they were indeed somebody that served overseas uh, as a soldier, sailor, aviator, but we then also have to try to prove that they were members of the Calgary Police Service. I think that sometimes we don't truly understand what the commitment was. Local historian Jeff Jackson says oftentimes it takes perspective to understand the contribution Calgarians and Canadians as a whole made in the First and Second World Wars. That's something that probably many Canadians have heard of, Vimy Ridge, but then you think that 12,000 casualties happened in three days, 4,000 Canadians were dead. It, it would be incomprehensible today to have that sacrifice. So the Calgary Police pledges to try and continue to make those contributions comprehensible by perhaps adding more faces to names in the future. Jenna Freeman, Global News. 877-399-9898. Let's go to Brian, who is uh, trucking through Alberta. Brian, are you okay on those roads, brother? Wow. Uh, just take it slow and then you'll be okay. Can you tell us where you are? Uh, I'm just past crude i'm heading up to site and i'll be there in about 40 minutes all right well down here it's snowing like mad so i don't know what is up uh, north of fort mac is it as bad as it is uh, anywhere else light dusting everywhere all but, right when you drive south again and you wave yes, up uh, uh and you drive south again wave up to timberley on the right hand side and that's where my sister lives done, <clears throat> done all right so sure. tell me uh share your thoughts on remembrance day well um I remember my mother telling me about her uncle. Uh, he enlisted to fight in the Second World War, and she's from a northern Alberta indigenous community. So it was a big family event. Everyone took him to the train station, 
and he had his uniform on and he never came home. Hmm. And uh, it was uh, probably a few decades later, I'm in uh, school in D.C. and I grew up in Edmonton, but I'm in uh, I'm in school in D.C. and uh, at this Native uh, Studies course. And this elderly man came in, and he was also a, a, a Native uh, World War II veteran. And he told us the story about his experiences without getting into grisly detail, because I'm sure he didn't want to relive that. But he was talking about it and telling about the duty that they all felt that they all had to do. And I admired that um, for, for all of the, for all the uh, soldiers. And uh, he said that the thing that haunted him the most was he was two feet away from where his adopted brother had fell, and he, he held him until he was gone, and he mentioned my uncle's name. Hmm. And it was him that, that and I just, I was blown away. I was overwhelmed with so much emotion because I knew that he fell, but I didn't. But having this elderly man tell the story about him being there when, when he, when he died, uh, really, really struck a chord with me. It's kind of heartbreaking and beautiful all at the same time, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was, it, it validated everything that, that, uh, you know, it, it, it just like, right, like around this time of the year, it, it's, it's very emotional for me too. And, and I can't really put into words how I feel, but I'm very it's, grateful. It seems to me that that would be a real anchor uh, for your experience to, to literally cement you into this memory. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, I'm sure when you yeah. share it with your family, it matters to your family, but it, it that's deep. Like it really connects. Yes. Hmm. yes. And I appreciate you giving the opportunity for me to say that. Uh, thank you, Brian. Drive safely, please. All right. You take care and I'll wave to your sister. <laughs> Thanks brother. 877-399-9898. Um, it, it is remarkable. Stories like that carried on through generations. Uh, Catherine says, those that have laid their lives down for another have also given another cherished gifts. It's the gift of healthy perspective if we choose to embrace all that it is. You know, I, I, I can't help but I mean, that's where I am today. That's where I absolutely am. I am absolutely in that place of being grateful for what we have right now. I mean, it's been a hard go. And I'm just like everybody else, man. There's days when you wake up and you're like, ah. I'm done. Yeah. Years and years they went through what they went through. Uh, let's go to Vancouver and say hi to Lee at 877-399-9898. Hi, Lee. Hey, how you doing, my man? Uh, good, thank you, Lee. What were your thoughts? Um, I wanted to play Waltz and Matilda. Why? On the air, because the awesome song by Jim yep. Caber. Mm -hmm. And I want to play it for the veterans. Uh, wonderful. And we will do that. But I want you to tell me why is, does it come up for you? Cause it connects to the veterans or does it connect to you? Well, no, it connects to the veterans. I, lo I love the, the ballad of, uh, uh, what it says and where it originates from. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, uh, no, I'm not actually. I'm learning to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. It's, uh, 1915 Churchill tried to make an attempt. There was a failed attempt on, the on the eastern side of Europe. And he sent in the Australians and the New Zealands. Mm -hmm. I think that was the Ottoman War. And that's where the song originated from. All right. Well, it's Lee, it's, from... Lee's giving a gift for everybody else, so let's get the clip. I was 
was a young man that carried me back And I lived the free life of the rover From the Murray's green basin to the dusty outback I waltzed my Matilda all over Then in 1915 the country said sun It's time to stop rambling, there's work to be done And they gave me a tin hat and they gave me a gun And they sent me away to the wall And the band played waltzing Matilda As our ship pulled away from the quay Amidst all the cheers, the flag waving and tears We sailed off to Gallipoli All right, the waltz and Matilda. Uh, thank you very much, Lee, for the suggestion. Absolutely appreciate it. 877-399-9898. The whole length of that is about six minutes long, and I invite everyone to go and uh, bring it up and give it a bit of a listen uh, if you're interested to hear more. It's beautiful, and a beautiful suggestion, too. 877-399-9898, uh, Coburg, Ontario, and Brandon the Lawnmower. <laughs> hey, Shane, how's it going? I'm good, brother. Thank you for the story about mowing your lawn today. That was really fun. What's in your mind? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this story is my wife's grandmother's story. She told me this like when I first started dating her. Uh, so my wife's family, they're very Dutch. They're from the Netherlands. So when the Nazis invaded their farm, they made the whole family dig their graves because they were going to, you know, then shoot them in their graves right after. And the next day, the Canadian soldiers came and were able to save them. So I thought that was like pretty impactful story because if you know if they killed their family then i wouldn't have my father-in-law and then i wouldn't have my wife so i wouldn't have any of them so i'm kind of i'm really happy that you know they were able to get there in time and yeah and canadians uh really give you that gift right like it's interesting perspective when you think of it that way a bit of a loop yeah but here's even the crazier thing so when they did eventually immigrate to canada she uh randomly uh, came by the soldier that saved them, and she stayed yeah, in contact yeah. with them up until the day that they uh, passed of old age. Well, that's interesting because that's what the other story was um, about the, the those paths crossing again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So yeah, yes. I thought, yeah, like I said, I thought that was you know it was kind of a dark story, but then it kind of ended up being you know kind of a good story, just like the other ones, right? It, well, it's beautiful. It really is. I appreciate it, Brandon. I have a friend. His name's Ben. And I, well, I used to have a, well, I still have a, a Christmas show. It's called Christmas Canada Radio. It plays all over. Um, but it used to be online as well. And we used to have this massive following in the Netherlands. And I never yeah. understood why. And I said to my buddy, Ben, Ben Liebrandt is a, a DJ. He's, they call him the godfather of, of uh, Dutch dance DJs. Anyway, he lives in Canada now. He lives uh, just outside Calgary. And uh, he's from the Netherlands. And I said to him, I said, I can't believe all these listeners in the Netherlands, man. He's like, yeah, that's because of what Canada did during the war. Like, you have to understand anything Canadian is welcome with open arms in the Netherlands. And your story is a testament to that. Thanks so much, Brendan. No, no problem, guys. Man, I got to say, you guys are great. You guys do a great job. And you guys just keep doing what you're doing. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate those kind words. All right. We'll see you later. Let's go to Toronto. Say hi to Gail. Hi, Gail. Hi there. Hi. 
I could I could tell you tales about my parents and the stories they told about the war. They were both in the service, and that's how they met. But I'd just like to tell you something. It was a, 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 just one of those momentary things. I'm on a train between London and Aberdeen, Scotland. I go to the bar car, I place an order, and this man starts talking to me because he recognized my Canadian accent, which, of course, we don't have one. (laughs) But I was an absolute princess because I was Canadian. Now, I'm a lot older than you are, so this was many years back. But I was Canadian, therefore I was a princess because he and his group had been stranded on a beach in Europe. The North Sea was there, and the Germans were right there. And out of nowhere, a Canadian ship appeared, provided cover and boats, and got them all off the beach to safety. So he and his mates thought that uh, we were pretty good people. Good night. Does that change you forever in this, Gail? Pardon me? From you. Does that change you forever in the stories of your family and your folks? But, I mean, is, is that, I mean, is that one of those things that you just, you know, you, you can never forget now? Oh, I'm getting older and I'm still remembering. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, beautiful. I think I, I grew up on Air Force bases. And so it, today's a rough day. A lot of memories. Yeah. But one thing, and I'm sure you have heard other people say this, if you go to Europe, and maybe maybe it's not quite the same today because it's many years later, but I was there back in the 70s and 80s, and there were still a lot of memories. And when people found out that you were Canadian, you were special. And it was all to do with the war. Yeah, what was your mom and dad's name? Uh, Mark and Hank Henry. Well, thank you to Mark, uh, Mark and Hank, who not only um, you know did what they did, and uh, and a heavy day for you as you know, sort of the Air Force brat kid. Um, but you know, for you to be able to share that with us, thank you. And thank you. Good night. Good night, Gail in Toronto. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Let's get to Glenn in Oshawa before we're done here. Hi, Glenn. Good evening. How are you doing today? Or should I say, good morning? Good morning, Glenn. <laughs> yes, good morning. And happy Remembrance Day. Um, Thank you, sir. Um, I just want to talk briefly uh, about my mom. Um, okay. Proud, proud Dutch woman. She she died a few years ago. She was eighty seven years old. But growing up, all she ever talked about was the liberation of, of Holland from the Canadians and how the food would always get dropped off by the pilots. And then later on, when they immigrated to Canada, she met one of the pilots that dropped off the food supplies to her little town all the time. And it was always very emotional for her. And then years later, my, uh, my, uh, my second oldest son, he joined the Army in um, 2009. And then he graduated at um, St. Paul. Um, it's called St. Resolute, the boot camp out of the Montreal. Okay. And that was in July of 2009. And then in August, 
he was supposed to be going to Afghanistan, so he gave everybody two weeks leave. And while he was home in that two weeks leave, he was in a tragic accident and died. And it's always a long slight remembrance day for us because, well, first off, when he died on August 26th, that's my brother's birthday, and the person that he joined the Army with, it was also his birthday. And my son's birthday is November 5th, which falls eight days before Remembrance Day. So it's, it, I just, just want to call in. It, I always get emotional about it, but I hope it's not just the soldiers that died in the Great Wars and, and all the other wars, but it's also the ones that served that, that, that also died while still wearing the uniform. And they may not be in service as well. I mean, we, we always remember all of them, right? So, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to call in. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a frequent texter. I just don't get a chance to call in. Really. <laughs> I do, and I appreciate your text, Glenn, and it's a beautiful story. And you're absolutely right. Uh, it does span way more decades and generations than... Uh, sometimes we default to. So thank you very much for sharing your story, Glenn. And I hope that today you can find, uh, you know, uh, the love for uh, your family and your friends there. Thank you for calling. And and, and just a little side note, I I went to Holland quite a few times when I was a child. Mm -hmm. And my parents always made sure that they put a Canadian flag on my jacket. And it is true. They treat all Canadians, even now. They treat them with such high regard and respect. And it's It's multi-generational because it's grandchildren that, that treat people over here as well so and anyway thanks for the great shows i i love listening to you guys and uh oh, thanks ah oh, it's great okay. stories thanks so much glenn appreciate it very much 877-399-9898 it is remembrance day um it's a different one but it is for me i can't tell what you to find i hope you find what it is that you need to find on this day i find an awful lot of gratitude for where we are an awful lot of gratitude through these difficult times knowing that um yeah, we can get through it. We can do this. If our grandparents and our folks could get through what they did, yeah, we can do this.